Well, good evening. Oh, some of you are still there. It's good. Well, it's good to see you all. Welcome to, to Jubilee, to our carol service. If you're visiting us, then a special welcome to you. It's great to have you with us. Do hope that you enjoy your time with us this evening. Let me, uh, let me ask you a question. Who likes to party? Only one, two, three, four, five, six of you. So eight. What a miserable lot. Goodness me. I, I, I was expecting lots of hands to go up there. I mean, who likes to party? Well, that's better. I mean, you see, you'll, you'll learn. If you answer my sort of questions, you may get random sweets thrown. And um, there is a few in that direction. There we are. I, I guess all of us actually, when we think about it, no fighting over, over there, okay? We do like to party, don't we? We like to celebrate. And we've got a a Christmas party as a church just uh, next Saturday. And if you'd like to come, we'll be selling some tickets afterwards. It's going to be a a great evening. We do like to party. We do like to celebrate, don't we? And whether it's a win of our favourite football team, which if you support the team that I support, the local excellence premiership side just across the railway, we, we... we don't get to celebrate very often, actually. We don't, we don't get to party too well. Although we did score yesterday. I mean, I mean that, that is proof the age of miracles is not over. Uh, but we do like to celebrate those sort of things, don't we? Whether it's a sports win, or whether it's maybe an achievement at school, or at college, university, maybe sort of passing your driving test. Uh, those sort of things are great reasons to celebrate. And I've called my talk this evening something to celebrate. Now, those achievements like, you know, a sports win, for instance, are quite short-lived, aren't they? Because although uh, on one Saturday the fans of your favourite team could be celebrating and partying and having a great time, it only needs maybe the Saturday after when they don't do so well to very quickly forget the previous wins and the previous celebrations. But Christmas does give us something to celebrate. And that's what this carol service is about. Something to celebrate. Now, are you looking forward to Christmas? What's, what, what, what thing? Let me ask you some questions. Actually, put this back on as well. Let me, let me find some, uh, some random little people. Okay, let me find some little people. And, uh, are you looking forward to Christmas, Eva? Yeah, what are you looking forward to the best? Um. What are you looking forward to, do you think? Butterfly. Oh. <laughs> Butterfly, okay, that's good. Well, that, that, you can have a shot, you can, Mummy can share a sweet for that. Okay, let's find some other, other little people. There's one over here. Layla, what are you looking forward to about Christmas? Loads of presents. Loads of presents. Good answer. Yeah, you can have a chocolate as well. There's some little people back. You guys, what are you looking forward to for that Christmas? Anything that Sam forgives me. Anything that Sam forgives you. Oh, that's a good answer. You can can have a chocolate for that. (laughs) Are you looking forward to Santa coming as well? I'm looking forward to... uh, Family presents. Family presents. Oh, that's good. Excellent. Well, you have a chocolate as well. I, I think we better stop this or we might, might run out of um, 
may run out of sweets. I might throw a few more later. Jordan, what do you think you might get? What are you looking forward to? Food. Food is an excellent answer. You can definitely have a chocolate for that. Okay. You see, Christmas does give us things to look forward to, doesn't it? And whether it's presents, or a bit giving or receiving presents, or, or whether it's food, we do look forward to it. But Christmas isn't just about singing carols, and I love singing carols, which is, you know, I, you know it's great to have a carol service and to sing some old favourites. Um, and I love giving and receiving presents. Uh, and if any of you like, would like to know what I like to receive particularly, I do have a list that's available I can hand out afterwards of some of my favourite presents that I'm hoping to have this year, just in case you'd like to know that. That might be useful to you. And Christmas does give us something worth celebrating. But for some people, Christmas isn't something they celebrate, but rather it's something they dread and definitely can't cope with. Maybe that describes you on a Saturday before Christmas, wandering around Derby trying to do all your Christmas shopping. But according to some research that the Samaritans did one year, 60% of the UK population find the festive period, so Christmas and New Year, a difficult time of year. That's over half of the population of the UK. And in one year they found that the calls to their helpline went up by 17% over the three-week period of Christmas and New Year. That may or may not have been due to random relatives that happened to be staying with people uh, over that period, I don't know. Um, but for many, actually, Christmas does bring a pressure, doesn't it? And I guess the sort of the commercialisation of Christmas doesn't help that. And if you've got kids, I mean, we've got two young kids, only, only one who really knows what's going on with Christmas, but already she can spot the adverts on television. And, uh, you know, they seem to be Christmas adverts from the end of August, I guess, probably. Uh, and she's only three, but already she knows what's a, what's a toy advert and what she'd like for Christmas and what she might be hoping for. And it does bring a pressure, doesn't it? But actually, what I want to suggest to us this evening is that Christmas does give us something to really celebrate about. And although we may still have to cope with uh, random relatives we only see once a year, uh, that sort of turn up, we didn't realise we were related to, but they seem to arrive at our house hoping that we'll feed them. Or whether it's just endless supplies of turkey sandwiches for days and days and days after. Actually, Christmas does give us something to celebrate about. And it's that something that I want to look at this evening, just really briefly. I, I wonder, have you ever thought about why you're here? Now, I don't mean why you're here this evening in terms of this carol service. It's probably because either you thought, oh, it looks good, I'll go to that, or maybe somebody invited you. But, you know, why you're here in life? What's the point of life anyway? I mean, is it just to grow up, to do well at school, maybe go to university, get a job, settle down, get married, have kids, spend too much time working, then retire, play golf and die? Is that, is that really all it is? Well, if, if, if that's all it is, then something is really missing. The Bible makes it clear why we're actually here, what it's, what it's really all about. And we learn from, from the Bible that, that God created us, men and women, for a relationship with himself because, because he wants a relationship. So, so you and I are fundamentally created for relationships. And they're the most important aspects 
of our lives. Whether it's with your husband or wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, parents, children, friends, there's something exciting about relationships. It gives us something to live for. Freddie Mercury uh, of Queen, who died in 1991, once said this shortly before he died. He said, you can have everything in the world and still be the loneliest man. And that is the most bitter type of loneliness. Success, he said, has brought me world idolisation, millions of pounds, but it's prevented me from having the one thing we all need, a loving, ongoing relationship. We're made for relationships. And the most fantastic relationship that you and I are made for is with God himself. That's really why we're here. And too often people think about Christianity as maybe just a a set of rules to follow or a philosophy somehow, perhaps. But actually, fundamentally, what it's about is a relationship. A relationship with God himself. And unless we have that, then we'll always find something missing in our lives. One columnist, who actually isn't a Christian, put it like this. He said, countries like ours are full of people who have all the material comforts they desire, together with such non-material blessings as a happy family, and yet they lead lives of quiet and at times noisy desperation, understanding nothing but the fact that there is a hole inside them and however much food and drink they pour into it, however many motor cars and television sets they stuff it with, however many well-balanced children and loyal friends they parade around the edge of it, it aches. The whole aches. And I guess that's why Christmas, for many, is a difficult time. Because it's when that whole aches more and becomes more obvious. Sometimes we're aware of that gap, Sometimes we're not so aware of it. And often it's only looking back after that gap has been filled that we really notice what was missing. That gap is only filled by a relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's his birth that we're celebrating at Christmas time. It's why we're here this evening, singing some carols and hearing some readings, because we want to celebrate the birth of Jesus Matt and the band are going to come and sing a song to us now uh, that talks a little bit about that. You see, the birth of Jesus is good news. The birth of Jesus really does give us something to celebrate. The Gospel writer and uh, apostle, uh, early church leader, John, refers to Jesus as the Word. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And he goes on. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now John's response to Jesus was the same as that of his friend and fellow disciple, Peter. And uh, he sums it up in in the Gospel of Mark, actually, when he said to Jesus, you are the Christ. Or you could translate it, you are the Messiah. You are the Messiah. And it seems that wherever he went, 
that actually wherever Jesus went and whoever came across him, they had to make a decision about him. And that was true when he was uh, going around preaching around about 2,000 or so years ago. But it's also the case immediately following his birth as a little baby. In a reading that Caroline gave us earlier from uh, Matthew chapter 2, we, we heard about the response of the wise men. And we begin to see something of the response of King Herod. And, and these two responses give us really two examples of, of how people respond to Jesus even today. So Herod, uh, we read in that passage that he was disturbed. Herod felt threatened by Jesus. He didn't understand what king of the Jews meant and uh, he wasn't going to hang around and find out at the sea. He was going to put a stop to it straight away. He thought that Jesus had come to overthrow him and uh, he wasn't going to take any chances. Now, King Herod, we know from history, was a pretty nasty guy. I mean, in recent uh, world history, we've had some pretty dire world rulers, haven't we? But King Herod was no fun to be around. He killed anyone who got in his way or was a threat to him. During his life, he murdered his wife, his mother-in-law and his three sons. Doesn't sound good, does it? The Emperor Augustus once quipped about King Herod that it was safer to be Herod's pig than it was Herod's son. (laughs) Which is probably fairly accurate. And we see later in the passage there that Herod lied. He told the the wise men that he wanted to go and worship Jesus. Well, listen, that's the last thing that was on his mind. He definitely didn't want to go and worship him. He wanted to go and finish him off. And later in chapter 2 we read about how Herod ordered the killing of all baby boys under the age of two in a desperate attempt to try and get rid of Jesus. But he failed. No one, not even King Herod, could thwart the purposes of God. And this story shows that if God wants to bypass or get around anyone, even if they happen to be a king, that's no problem for him. Nothing is going to stop God at his work. So Herod's response ultimately then to Jesus was, well, he rejected Jesus, didn't he? Didn't want to worship him as king, didn't want him around at all. But how different were the Magi or the wise men? Tradition has it that there were three, only really because of the three gifts that they brought to Jesus, which were... God, I I think some of you have completely fallen asleep in a darkened environment of this, this hall. I mean, maybe if I throw chocolate out again, it might wake some of you up. The three gifts were... Right... Yes, goodness me. That was hard work, wasn't it? Gold, frankincense and myrrh were the three gifts that the wise men brought to Jesus. And their response was the complete opposite of King Herod. They sought after him, we see. They were overjoyed. We're told to, they bowed down, they worshipped and they gave gifts. Even though Jesus was just a tiny baby, They worshipped him. See, they understood who he was. Or at least they partly understood and knew enough of this little baby being very significant in world history. Very, very important. 
And Matthew makes it really clear that this little baby was none other than King Jesus himself. He whose birth had been prophesied for generations. And he who generations over the years had hoped for, longed for, looked forward to, dared to believe in and hope that one day he was come. This was the Messiah. Now the Old Testament, the early part of our Bible, which is a document written over about a thousand years, it contains over 300 references to Jesus' coming. Now, I don't know if any of you are maths professors here this evening. Do we have any maths professors here this evening? Some of you are you know, maths experts. Some of you are nodding and I don't believe you. Never mind. Well, the probability, if you can cast your mind back to probability lessons at O-level maths or whatever it may have been, the probability of just 48 of these promises, not not over the 300, but just 48 of these being fulfilled in one person at one time is 1 in 10 to the power 157. That's 10 with 157 noughts after it. Regardless of your expertise in maths, you would agree, I think, it's a fairly large number. And that's just 48 of these prophecies, these promises about the birth of Jesus being fulfilled in one person. Actually, there are over 300 that we find are fulfilled in Jesus. And, and isn't it great that, that God sent uh, some, some people from another nation to worship Jesus? Jesus wasn't just going to be king of the Jews, wasn't just a local deal. He was going to be worshipped by every nation. And the Magi from the East, the wise men, represent this. The shepherds, if you like, represented the locals. But the Magi show us that Jesus always did come for the whole world. And the good news is that includes you and it includes me. The first worshippers of Jesus then were shepherds and they were wise men, maybe court magicians perhaps. Wise men, not from Israel, but from the east, maybe from Babylon, we don't know. And that had been prophesied by Isaiah. He said in Isaiah chapter 60, nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. And and God had made certain things happen in the sky, hadn't he? If you know the story, you'll know what happened, that these guys were following a star. And so God had made cosmic things happen in the sky to get these guys to the birth of his son. Now, we've had quite a few babies born in the church in the last year, just even in the last few months. It's almost seen there's been one a week. I think there was something in the water just uh, under a year or so ago, and we've had lots of babies born uh, quite recently. And um, all the new parents, you can sort of spot them around because there's a mixture on their faces, and maybe if you're a parent you can relate to this. There's a mixture of real excitement but utter exhaustion at the same time. So if you see anybody looking like that tonight, you can guarantee they're probably a new parent. But new parents get excited, don't they, about the birth of their their son or daughter. You know, every opportunity will pull out of their wallet or purse photos to show you. Grandparents are very similar as well, aren't they? Now, (laughs) and others. 
But we get excited, don't we, about the birth of babies. Listen, how much more did God get excited about the birth of Jesus Christ? Anyway, how did this star get these guys from the east of Bethlehem? Well, the truth is, we don't know all the fine details in that, but we do know that God was behind it all. So let's wrap up. 30 years or so later, Jesus made it really clear who he was. In John 14, verse 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus was and is who he claimed to be. God in human form. The Son of God. Son of man, as he sometimes called himself. Someone once put it like this. Jesus is God with skin on. Which is a great description. I love it. So I wonder as we finish, and we'll close in a minute with our final carol, what's your response to Jesus this Christmas? If you've been following the news this week, you'll have seen maybe that uh, an MP in Parliament just this week uh, was hosting a debate and talking about the relevance today of the Christian faith. And he said this, Christ always has been and always will be at the very heart of Christmas. Taking Christ out of Christmas is like serving the Christmas turkey without the stuffing, he said. So what's your response to Jesus this Christmas? Ignoring him is not actually an option. Pretending Christmas is just about presents or turkey or relatives, all those things are good. But actually it doesn't work. It's about more than that. And this Christmas, I want to encourage you to make a decision. What's your response to Jesus? One writer in his book said this about Jesus. He said, either Jesus must be Lord, liar, or lunatic. Good summary. Either Jesus is Lord, or is a liar, or a lunatic. Jesus at one point said to Peter, who do you say I am? And he says to each of us this evening, Who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? What's your response to Jesus this Christmas? Is it like Herod, rejecting him? Maybe after weighing up all the evidence and considering it, you decide to reject Jesus? Or is it acceptance and worship, a bit like the wise men, acknowledging Jesus as your Lord, your Saviour, accepting his love and thanking him for his forgiveness and his grace? Because the truth of Christmas is it's linked inextricably to Easter. And at Christmas it seems that it's the bit we like to celebrate with kids and a giving and receiving of presents. It's great fun. But Christmas is inextricably linked with Easter. And that's when we talk about and remember the death of Jesus because some 33 or so years later, after his birth, He died an agonising, painful death on a cross. Dying on a cross was was so bad, so torturous, that even the Romans banned it eventually. And they were pretty gruesome a lot. But the reason he did that was that you and I, 2,000 or so years later, could, as we talked about earlier, have a relationship with God himself that we could know what it is to have that hole inside us filled. 
We could know what it is to be forgiven of everything that we've done wrong. We could know what it is to fulfil what we were made for. There's nothing better, is there, than being, uh, seeing something fulfil the purpose that it was made for. And you and I are made for a relationship with God. And because of the birth of Jesus and his death, which didn't end there actually, because three days after his death, he rose again. And because of that, because of that wonderful good news that we're celebrating this Christmas time, we can have a relationship with God himself. You can have, maybe for the first time this evening, a relationship with God himself. Now maybe you're, you're thinking, well, actually, you know, I'm not sure I'm ready for that. The wise men may have been, they had a long journey to think about it on the back of their camels, but I'm not sure I'm ready yet. That's okay. But let me urge you to do one thing, if I may, this Christmas, as we move into 2008. Let me encourage you, make 2008 a year for making a decision about Jesus Christ. And do whatever you need to, to find out all the detail. Maybe talk to Christian friends you know. Maybe do something like an Alpha course, which we and lots of other churches run. Great introduction to what it means to to follow Jesus. But whatever you do, do something. Don't ignore Jesus this Christmas. But rather, this Christmas time, let me encourage you to answer the question decisively, once and for all, when Jesus says to you, who do you say I am? that you might be able to make a really clear, understood response to that. See, Jesus really is at the very heart of Christmas. And because of him, we really do have something to celebrate. Why don't the band come back? I'm going to pray. And if you'd like to find out a bit more about what it is to, to have a relationship with God himself, you're thinking, well, it sounds interesting, I'd like to know a bit more then. You can feel very free to come and chat to me or John afterwards. Or or maybe you just want to grab some literature. Well, there's a little book called Why Jesus on the table at the back there. And they're free and you can take one of those. And that will help you to understand why Jesus came and what it is we've got to celebrate this Christmas time. Why don't we stand together? We're going to sing our final carol. Before we do that, and as you stand, I'm going to pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that we do have something to celebrate this Christmas time. Thank you for your birth. Thank you for your death and resurrection. Thank you because of that. We do have something to celebrate this Christmas. And we can really know what it is to have a relationship with you. I pray for each of us this Christmas time that, Father, we would enjoy it. We would party and celebrate, have great time with family and friends but we would remember too what is at the very heart of it as we celebrate your birth together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.